enjoyed rest. We really enjoyed time away. Did, can some concur? I know some had family around, and that was manic, um, and that's okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's also life. <laughs> but uh, it really is just so good to see family, this family, again. And so um, I hope that was rest, and I hope that, that uh, you've come back ready and refreshed. Ina said to me this morning, she said, she said, and so how was it? So I said, no, I'm, I rested well. She says, yeah, that's cool. But are you refreshed? And I said, jeez, I, I don't know if there's a, I just felt compelled. I was like, yes, mama. You know, like, I didn't know what else to say. You know, I was like, I'm just kidding. No, I knew the difference. And I, I'm so glad she asked because there is a difference. You know, we can get rest. And, and it's amazing. We found ourselves in Lambert's Bay. That must be, for some people, it must be the last place they want to go. But as a surfer and a diver and a family that generally enjoy the beach, it was incredible. We loved it. In our favorite place um, and uh, with our favorite people, um, and th- it doesn't mean that you aren't our favorite people, I'm just saying. Um, but we were with our own blood family, which we don't always get the opportunity to do. Jacques, stop shaking your head like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was an incredible time, and yet it was a busy time. And there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, conversations that we weren't prepared for. And, um, you know, it was just a crazy time. And yet, actually, when we came home, when we came back into the town is when we truly were refreshed and were rested. So it's like the sense of you can go somewhere, you can be in your favorite place, you can do all the... And actually, we experienced rest right here at home and it was found in Jesus, actually, um, as we hit pause, stopped, um, had time to hear, um, took time to listen and to inquire of Him. So that's a little bit of an intro. I want to say this morning um, that... too much time in the ocean. My fingerprint doesn't work anymore. Um, <laughs> I've been caught. Um, so, so this morning, um, I want to speak on the title of the message. is called Being Transformed. Being Transformed. And um, I'm excited to be able to share on this because I, it is something that I feel like, uh, well, not I feel like. I know that I heard God and I, I went, um, many of you would know J.K. JK I went to um, Jacob Asson. He's a farm up here. Um, I went to his little cottage on the farm. He's offered me a couple of times and just said, hey, man, if you need to get, home, get away and you just need to pray and you just need to, to spend time on the mountain, you know, a little Moses moment, then you're more than welcome. And so I've taken him up on it a couple of times now, and it's been so refreshing. And, um, and I, I, heard the, I heard the Lord say this, that it's going to be a year of change. It's going to be a year of change. And even chatting to Diane this morning, she said, yeah, you know what, it's actually the next level, you know, and so it's even a surfer's a surfer's uh, thing that we say, oh, this is so next level, you know, and that's what I'm trusting God for, is that actually in our walks with Him, that there would be a next level, that He would take us into the more this year, and so what does that look like? And so I need to say from the outset that um, I may, God may have called me to lead this congregation, but as Martin me- um, mentioned, we are one of 48 congregations, and so we do things, I want to say, maybe slightly differently to a lot of people, but I do think it's a lot more biblical um, in that we don't just, as 48 congregations, all go our separate ways and do our own things and we're on our own mission. Um, but as uh, Joshua Generation, we are um, under Andrew Selly's leadership. So this morning is definitely not going to be a, this is the direction and the vision for the year. Okay, and I'm so thankful that I don't have to, because I didn't hear that yet. Okay, I have an idea of where we're going to go, 
But ultimately, I'm in submission to Andrew. It's Andrew's been asked by the Lord to lead Joshua Generation. And so we are um, called to be of one heart, one mind, one vision. And so that may look different across the different congregations. And yet, it is our heart is to remain in unity and to work alongside um, people in Mokbos, Durbanville, from where all the, all the churches that came across from last year, um, and to be heading in the same direction, um, that we've actually got, as Paul would say, an aim, uh, an aim in life. And so, it's lovely to be led by someone who does have an aim. And so, we'll be going away, I think, sometime in February, so we'll have to hold off for a little bit. I want to say that this is not going to be a wandering time, okay? It's not going to be like we're in the desert and we don't know where we're going, it's going to be a preparation time. So a month away, you say, sheesh, what are we going to do from now until then? Okay. Um, but we do want to await direction from, from Andrew as he leads us um, under God. And, and then we'll do our best to actually communicate and facilitate that going forward and follow God where he's asking of us. Um, but it's not going to be a time where we're just wandering in the desert. Okay. It's a preparation time. And so this morning, if this was, uh, um, this is not so much the mark that we're trying to hit, but it's more the scope. And I want to I wanna pick up on actually, um, you know, this is what we're aiming towards, but this is the lens that we're viewing it through, actually. We don't yet know what we're aiming towards, but we're viewing it through this lens, okay? And it's for what's to come. And so this isn't the picture, this is the framework, okay? Does it make sense? I'm trying the best. Um, I haven't mentioned that before. We are generally quite a new congregation, so it, it's good for, as at the beginning of a new year, to know that we're not just meandering, trying to find God, but we were waiting on direction uh, from Andrew to move forward. And so just praying about this this week, I, I was really trusting that um, it would be a time where the Lord would prepare our hearts for what is to come, so that we are not, in a way, unawares or caught off guard or, whoa, that's big and that's fast and that's quick, you know, but there's a sense in us that we're actually prepared, our hearts are positioned and prepared for what the Lord is asking of us, that we can actually go into it. Um, and so... As I said, being transformed is what I want to be preaching on today. And so, it was interesting, I asked a couple of people this week, one of them being modernist, I got a lift home from him, uh, with him from work the one day, and I just said, hey man, I asked a couple of you guys as well, are you kind of like a New Year's resolution kind of person? It's amazing, hey, guys, guys start to brush it, they're like, you know, like, and I just wanted to get a show of hands, like, are you a New Year's resolution kind of person? It's okay to raise your hand in church, even during worship. Okay, <laughs> look here, smile, it's infectious, okay? All right, um, so, so are you? I want to know. This is like a, a little, what would you call it? Uh, hey? It's a question, yeah, come on, Matthew. What you, yeah, a test. Uh, okay, do it quickly, let's go. New Year's resolution kind of person. Okay, we got a couple. Right, I like that, I like that. And I want to say just from the outset, I am not, but I'm not opposed to the thought of, okay? And so as I've started to kind of, I've done a little bit of research, I've had a little bit more time, and I was just looking at, you know, New Year's resolutions, what are they about, uh, what is the percentage uh, of them that actually get fulfilled, and don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Um, I'm setting us up. Um, and, and actually, this most recent stat that I could find was that most New Year's resolutions have a success rate of 20% and a failure rate of 80 <laughs> And so they're not that resolute at all. <laughs> I could, we could probably agree on that. All right. Okay. And so, um, <laughs> and, and I, was, I found this quite interesting because that's not like it's 50-50, 60-40. That's quite a, it's quite a jump. 
And so um, I had a look at this a little bit more. I did some more research. And, and actually what they pinned it down to was that the kind of shifts that people were trying to make in their life. Okay, I'm not, it's, you guys are perfect, obviously. Okay, so, um, but, but the kind of shifts that people were trying to make in their life. They were too big. There were too many of them. And they were too fast. They were too big. There were too many of them. And they were too fast. And, uh, and, and I must say, my wife will agree here, I fall into that same trap. It's like if I see that something needs doing, I'm an all or nothing person, needs to be done, needs to be done today, and it needs to be finished, you know. And something that the Lord is working into me as I've gone away and inquired of Him, okay, cool, Lord, what is the thing that in me that needs to change? Is that discipline to be able to go, okay, you know, put your hand to it today, walk away tomorrow. Put your hand to this, you know, and actually find a little bit more rhythm, a little bit more balance. Um, and remain refreshed for longer. Um, and so I wonder, I wonder um, if we took a consensus here today, how many people's New Year's resolutions would stand the test of time and what percentage uh, you would fall into. And so, um, yeah, the, the degree of change was the thing that they pinned it down to, that actually people were just trying to make too big a shift too quickly and too many. And I, I want to say this, that I'm using this as an analogy, okay, because, or an example, because it is much like that in our Christian walk at times, okay? We need to, uh, we need to understand, I'm going to make a statement and then I'm going to back it up with a scripture, okay? But it says, change is inevitable, okay? Change is inevitable, that is it. There's another saying, it says, change is the only constant, okay? Yes and no, because, well, Jesus is the same yesterday and today forever, but... In, in order for us to become more like Him, we change. And so there is, cha change is inevitable, okay? And um, I want to back that up with a scripture because I know that people, uh, so I I'm personally, I love change. Um, I like it when, uh, yeah, I don't want to go any further. Uh, my wife, maybe not as much. I think it's probably because of the amount of stuff we've been through this past year. Um, but, but generally, you either like change or not, okay? And so what I want to do is I want to give a scripture for it. And it was confirmed in uh, the worship too. And this is our heading this morning, okay? So scripture, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to 2 Corinthians 3.18. I'm reading from the ESV. And it says, We all, with unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. NRV says His image from one degree of glory to another. And so it's speaking about actually those who are of unveiled face, those who have come to know and to love Jesus and are serving Him. And so out of a place of that are beholding. And to behold means to actually look almost intentionally. It means to gaze upon with like an awe and wonder. It's not just a, a glance it's a gazing upon, it's, a, it's out of a place of, oh my goodness, beholding the glory. It's under, out of a true understanding of actually who we're looking at. And so, the point that I want to make there is we are being transformed. If we're beholding His glory, we are in a process of change. We are being transformed. And what I love further on here is it says, from one degree of glory, from one degree of glory, to another. It says, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so, one way or another, as you sit there, you've got to realize that you are in a process of change. You are in a process of transformation. Would you agree? 
Okay, cool. Building the case. It's good. We've got a couple nods. <laughs> it's okay to smile in church too, hey? <laughs> this is the first service of the year, guys. We can, can relax. So, for the last three years, I mentioned now I went to JKS Farm, and, and um, um, actually what's inspired this thought, and I was going to actually ask Martinus to share, because it was something that I was quite impacted by and I loved so much, and actually just, if it's okay with you, for the sake of time, uh, and maybe you can share it some other time, but, but it's really got an incredible testimony about something that him and Lindy uh, do once a year, and I would say I'd do something similar, um, where I would go away for the last three years, I've actually dedicated time to go away, and my wife has been incredibly gracious with me to be able to go away alone and to just be able to seek the Lord. And, and really why I would say I would encourage it and that why I do it is primarily for the reason of hearing His heart. And hearing His heart because I'm actually His first before I'm my own, before I'm Stasis, and before I'm your guys, um, I'm actually His. And so it's a good if we need to realize anything this morning, is that you are not your own. <laughs> you are bought to the price. <laughs> and so it's good, actually, if we want to do anything in light of resolutions and changes within our life, it's good to realize, why are we changing? Who are we changing for? And did you make the resolution and the change? Is it something that, because we were talking about it this week um, in the car, <laughs> and uh, Manu said, yeah, it's kind of like we submit our changes and we saw, Lord, may you bless it, you know? It's like he didn't even have a hand in it, you know, and you wonder, shish, and sometimes it's gracious to do it to you. Um, and, and so when I, go, when I went away now, I realized I, what I would do is I work through my diary, and I try and keep like a little bit of a dream journal. I must be honest, I don't journal at any other time of the year. I probably should. Um, but any dreams or anything, I, I wake up and I put it into the, into the book, and any prophetic words that are given, I have recorded on my phone, and things that I felt the Lord speak to me throughout the year or years. And so what I would do is actually dedicate and be intentional with the time to sit down and to look through the things that He has said to me, and then look at the trajectory, and have I even moved a degree? Have I moved a degree? <laughs> Because I can very easily, I started doing it. I started sorting out the garage like crazy. And I just felt the Lord drop out, drop in my heart. You're doing this in your heart and with me too. <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, I'll go to the mountain. <laughs> it's far more valuable. And so whilst the one is really an, another aspect of discipline that is dealing with me in my life, with being able to be more intentional with actually having fun and family time. And there's also the element of, well, I need to come before Him as my Father and ask Him, what is your intention for me this year? And so there is something beautiful about a clean slate, I must say that. Maybe not New Year's resolution, I'm not sure that He always works in years, uh, but, but at the same time, there is something beautiful about being, uh, actually, His mercies are new every morning. And so that's the beauty of God, is that we don't have to wait for a whole another year to come around. It's every morning. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. You're awake. I'm going to make you greet one another just so I can see Martin squirm just now. Okay. And so one of the things that I saw in my diary, and here comes the vulnerability part. Ah, okay. One of the things I saw in my diary is that a little, a little less than two years ago, uh, we weren't parents yet. <laughs> we weren't parents yet. We were still working for someone else. I wasn't working for myself. Stace was, wasn't even out of her other job yet. 
Um, we were, weren't even living in this town. I don't know how we could live anywhere else now, okay? And um, we weren't leading a church, and it wasn't even on the peripheral. I knew, Lord, they had some sort of leadership at some stage and somewhere, you know, and we served an eldership for many years within Malfos, but I had no clue. I said, yeah, sure, Lord, we'll follow. Blow wind in anyone's sails, but lead a church. No, <laughs> it wasn't on my peripheral, but it was definitely on God's. And, uh, and as I sat there, I started to look at that, and it's, these are the, some of the things I look at, and I go, sure, God, what a privilege. What a privilege to be able to father a son, to be able to live in a beautiful town like this, to be able to lead your people. It's a privilege. It really is such a privilege. Something that scared me and actually brought such fear to, to me. It was like, geez, I never knew what kind of dad I was going to be. <laughs> I still feel like I'm missing it all a lot of the time, but the Lord's gracious. <laughs> and I still feel like I miss it here a lot of the time, but the Lord's gracious. And He's continued to grow us and He's continued to shape us and form us as we remain humble and at His feet. And so on the flip side, maybe to bring a little bit more light to this, okay. <laughs> on the flip side, there's some things that I realize I'm not so happy about, okay? And I realized this when I hugged Divan this morning, and I hugged him last year, and there was a lot less of him to hug, and there was a lot less of me to hug. And so I realized two years ago, <laughs> I'm ratting him out now, um, <laughs> but I realized that two years ago, I was still, or three years ago, I was still in my 20s. I still weighed 74 kilograms, and that was my weight from the age of 19, and uh, <laughs> And I didn't have a new best friend that lay right around my midsection over here. And I realized these are, you know, so whether we are progressing or changing or in a process of change, it's either a good transformation or a bad transformation. And so I'm hoping that even now as you're being, I'm hoping that the transformation that's happening right now in you is actually the word that you're busy eating and not what you shouldn't have eaten for breakfast. Okay. Um, and so whether it's a good all bad uh, transformation, you are in a process of transformation. And I say, no, you know what, Mike, I know that, uh, you're actually speaking in the physical, but 2 Corinthians 3.18 is speaking about spiritual. And we'll say, well done, you're correct. Thank you so much for bringing it up. It's leading to my next point. Okay. Um, you're dead set right. Okay. It is speaking about the spiritual. And sometimes why we use physical analogies is because it helps us grasp some of the spiritual aspects of what the Lord's trying to say in the Scripture. Sometimes what you find is that um, stories and the way that you feel in stories um, are often brought to life and then this, uh, uh, bring Scripture to life and then the spirit, the spirit and the Scripture cut. And so what I'm hoping this morning is that as, as we read through um, and, and, you, and the Lord, you allow the Lord to minister to you uh, in the area of change and what He wants to do within our hearts this year, that it's actually a setup for what is to come so that we are prepared and we can make the degree shifts that we, He's calling us to. And so, yes, it's talking about the spiritual. And so I want to ask you this morning, looking back at this past year, in your own life, personally, has there been a trajectory in the Lord? Have there been things that the Lord has said to you, and have you acted upon them? Are you actively walking in what He has for you? Paul would say, have you taken a hold of that for which Christ has taken a hold of you for? Because I realize, you know, we so easily switch into the physical, be able to go, I just need to get this in order so that I can do that, and, and, and Lord, I've got these plans, and so bless those. I want to ask us, have we inquired? 
have we even inquired, have we got before Him for this year, and have we inquired, Lord, where in me do I not look like You? Help me to behold You, to look to You, and that as I look to You, one, just one look, and everything changes, and I'll never be the same. And so what is the thing in us that needs to change for us to become more like Him and to shift into His image? Is this making sense? Okay. And so I feel like if the Lord was here this morning in person, He would probably leave us with this question. Okay. And it says, will, and He, said, he would say, will you allow me to change you into my image? Will you allow me to change you into my image. And if you remember anything from this preach today, will you allow him? And why do I say allow? Isn't it something that happens naturally as we... It should, yes. But you see, change is inevitable. But growth in him, growth in him is an optional. You see, we can sit here in church for the next 20 years sit under good teaching, the best teaching, have the most incredible worship times and miss Him because we're not being obedient and we haven't arrived with a willing heart to be able to go, Lord, at whatever cost, I will shift because I want to be more like You. Actually, I count everything lost for the sake of knowing You, God. You're the one I'm after. You're the one I'm, You're the lover of my soul. And so I give everything back to You. John C. Maxwell said that, he said, whilst change is inevitable, growth is optional. And I, I wanted you to think back to, to your salvation. I'll share a little bit of ours, where we, Stacey and I came to know the Lord on the same day, in the same moment. It was a, I want to say, almost a rattling. It was a, a quite a drastic degree shift. It, was, it didn't feel like just one degree, but it did feel like he needed to shake something up a little bit. And so it wasn't just the one degree <laughs> in this moment. But as he came to know and love him, his values, his priorities, the things he stood for, what his word says, what his spirit was saying within us as we journeyed with him, started to become our priority. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy. But as we gave our lives to him, he would, you know, and he starts with the small, he's gracious, he starts with the small stuff. He says, you know, I want you to become part of family. I want you to surround yourself with others that are going to be able to hold you to account for when you aren't listening to me. <laughs> and there were times like that where we had guys come alongside us. We able to go, okay, cool, Buti. You're doing well, but like in this area, you're ser seriously slipping up. You don't look like Jesus yet. And so let me help you with this. Okay. And there was moments where guys came alongside us and helped us and journeyed things through with us. It's in yeah, I don't want to stress, I can't stress that enough. Um, and so it was, was salvation, but there was an outworking of obedience as we laid certain things down that were important to us over all the years. And it would start with that accountability, and then it would be like, okay, cool, but stop sleeping with your girlfriend. <laughs> you need to move out. All of a sudden, it became a little bit harder. <laughs> but by God's grace and the spirit that he had put inside me gave me the ability to say, you know what, Lord, I no longer live for me. I live for you now. And so your values have become my values. And so even though this is valuable to me, we're going to put it on ice and I'll obey you at all costs. And then what about baptism? 
We were just talking about baptism now. <laughs> we came to the place where we, we would go, oh, I knew, I grew up in a Christian home, I know what baptism means, man. This is like the last chance. <laughs> Salvation, for sure, that's uh, huge. But I knew that actually now having to stand before others and to be able to go, this is my life, I want all you guys to know that from this day forth, it's no longer I that lives, Christ lives in me. And so I'm going to live this way and I want you guys to know about it. <laughs> all of a sudden it's a public thing, it's no more longer a hidden thing. <laughs> but as we got before God, we inquired of Him and we remained in His Spirit. He gave us what we needed to be able to say yes to Him and no to our fleshly desires. And so, the uh, incredible thing is this, and I want to end with this. We're not going to go much longer. Uh, Revelation 3.20. I haven't given you the scripture, Josh. Uh, you can if you like. It's Revelation 3.20, and it says, I haven't even got the scripture here, but I know it said, Behold, I stand at the door, and I knock. And the incredible thing about, about Jesus is he doesn't break the door in. He doesn't kick down the door. He did leave heaven for us, but he doesn't kick down the door. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And whoever hears and opens, I will come into him. And I will eat with him. And there's a sense of communion with Jesus as we respond to him. It's an open invitation. He's not going, hey, I'm going I'm to kick down this door. <laughs> it's a response. He's asking for a response. And there's many times we're related to a husband and a wife that have learned to love one another. And, and I respond in love because I love her, not because she asks me to. And so that's Jesus this morning. He's going, you know what? I'm not going to bash down the door. I'm wanting you to change. I'm wanting you to shift into my image. I want you to be more like me. But I'm not going to force you to do it. Maybe you've never come to know and love Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's not, not, he's not going to bash down the door. He's not forcing you to it. It's, it's the free gift that he offers. The gift of eternal life. And so his heart is for us to be transformed question I leave with you is, are you still being transformed? Or have you been in church for many years, you've seen the same things, you've heard the same stuff, and yet we're not changing? And the issue with that is that actually what happens is healthy things grow. But unhealthy things begin to stagnate. And we run the risk of actually even our walk with the Lord dying. Christian walk with Him becoming, ah, just another thing. Just another thing. And so we need to be those who are planted and rooted in Him. And so to end off, I'm going to look at uh, Ephesians 3, 13 to 14. Basically, it's Paul's example, and I want you to recognize that this is probably one of the guys who has gone through one of the most radical shifts within his life. He's gone from Saul to Paul. I'm not going to give you every single thing, but there are massive shifts that this guy's gone through in his life. And he says, you know, encounter on the road to Damascus, and then this guy, who was probably the biggest persecutor of the church, gets entrusted. This is now after being met by Jesus. He gets entrusted the mystery of the gospel. <laughs> That's a redemptive God. Eh? 
and then writes most of the New Testament. I mean, it's incredible. And, uh, and he says this in Philippians 3.13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Okay. I almost want to say this is almost like Paul's New Year's resolution in a sense, or his goal, let's put it that way. It says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do, it's amazing. He seems to me like an all or nothing kind of person. And yet right here he's going, I don't seem to, I haven't taken a hold of it yet, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward, the very word straining tells us it's not always going to be an easy road. Straining forward toward, uh, toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What has God called you heavenward? To what call has He called you? Paul would say, walk in the calling to which He has called you. What is He asking of us this year? Are we positioning ourselves for change? And we read earlier in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, from one degree of glory to another. So you've got this, he's saying both. He's going from one degree of glory to another. And what is the one thing? <laughs> and I want to leave that with us this morning is, will you allow him to change you into his image? Will you allow him to change you into his image? And what is the one degree? What is the one thing that he's asking of you? Because ultimately, we don't want to be a New Year's resolution kind of statistic where we get 80% of what He's actually asking of us wrong. Although I, th I think that would actually be quite huge <laughs> in God's terms. <laughs> but we actually want to be those who have positioned ourselves to be, God, to be going, Lord Jesus, I realize I'm not a citizen of this place. This doesn't matter to me. I'm a citizen of heaven. And so actually... I've got one opportunity, and I don't know how long that opportunity lasts. But what I want to do is glorify you with every fiber of my being. I want to be made into your image. And in, so in closing, as we head into the new year, what is the one thing that the Lord is asking you? What is that one shift that's going to take you forward? Will you allow Him to transform you into His image? See, change is inevitable but growth is optional. And so allow Him to do that. Will we allow Him to do that in us? And to recognize that this is nothing of our own doing. It's nothing how hard we work at this. It says it comes from the Spirit who is the Lord. It's a work of the Spirit. To remain in Him and allow Him to remain in you. And you will bear fruit. Does that make sense? So why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes, and maybe Bobby, you can come out here.